This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Tuesday, you'll be joining me on my personal segment, First Dips, where I bring you through some of the latest, most interesting ideas in the personal finance space, hoping you inch closer to the life you love while managing your finances well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So Coconuts, before we roll on today's episode, I want to issue a correction because throughout the episode, I keep saying 6% on the first 60000 of your retirement account, blah, 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 right? Okay, correction is you only get 6% on the first 30000 of your combined CPF balances after you're 55 years old and above, okay? So it's only the first thirty is 6%, the remaining is 5%, okay? And to be clear, this does not fundamentally affect what I should shared with you the way of thought the way i think about it okay it is just some of the numbers are different so take it with care but more importantly the ideas are there and to also be very clear these numbers will keep changing and a lot of these things are florids so that's for another podcast but meanwhile enjoy today's episode Okay, so CPF Live, I believe it's the government annuity that you cannot just conveniently brush off. It's been like, what, more than, slightly more than a decade. I think there's been some changes here and there. But the idea here is, right, time before this, you were on your own pretty much, right? Time before this, however much money you have, uh, it's however much you're going to be drawing down, it's however much you're going to have for retirement. But when CPF Life came about in 2011, I think the idea here is the government will share the risk of your longevity. Yeah, yeah. Live longer, I also got a problem. <laughs> Very fun, right? First world problems. But yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about CPF Life and try to give you some important questions to ask yourself when exploring CPF Life. So welcome back. So good morning everyone and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us, creating life we love while managing our finances as well. I'm your host Reggie, aka Yorichi Financial Coconut. Welcome to my segment, First Tips, today where we talk a little bit about CPF life and not the lame things of like, oh, should you like uh, shift to 65, 75? Whatever, those things are rubbish, right? But it's, <laughs> I mean, those things you can read. You can read off the internet, right? It's it's so simple, but it's being like copied and pasted everywhere. Everywhere, right? So, yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about how does this thing work? How should we think about it? You know, and where does it fit into our retirement strategy? Okay, so like I said, time before CPF life, you're pretty much on your own now, however much money you've accumulated and then, you know, you just draw down on your own and as Singaporeans live longer and longer and longer, you know, which uh, up to you, depending on 
depending on your ideals, it can be good, it can be not so good. You know, you live longer and longer, you know, the risk of longevity becomes a problem because now, uh, can you plan for 15, 20 years retirement? Hard, you know. These days, everybody plan for like, what, 30, 35 years. You know, I mean, there's even a movement to talk about like, oh, you're going to reshape the way of life, right? It's not going to be like a one-time retirement. You're going to be working, you know, and then taking a break in between, maybe a few years and then re- rebuild yourself, come back and then uh, monetize yourself again and all that stuff, right? So so back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I think some of these things are changing and it's a reality of the time, lah. Right, so uh, as as with every solution, it creates a new set of problems. So now that we live longer, there's some more tao tiao also, right? So, <laughs> so, so problematic, huh? But anyway, as morbid as it sounds, okay, at least it's a strategy, huh? So it's a strategy that the government has come up to say we're gonna share your risk, okay? We're gonna share your risk, where at the end of your quote unquote retirement age, at least at this point in time, huh? we are going to be essentially putting all the money into an annuity program such that every month you get an X amount till the day you die. Yes, that's the idea. Which actually not bad, right? I think it's quite good. I understand some people have their reservations for CPF, right? It is a situation where because it kind of keeps changing over time, right? Every few decades or every decade, there'll be some sort of update, some change here, you know, basic retirement sum, and then now CPF life, you know, and then yeah, depending on where your political affinity is, right, you'll be like, wow, very wise, wow, very good. It's like, wow, government cheap money, blah, 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 you know, so, I don't know, I don't want to take a stand on those things, okay? I understand your uncertainty because of uh, it's evolving, you know, periodically and it's quite consistent with its evolution, which is, you know, I, I understand it's not very nice. Like, it's like, it's like your partner always change, 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 right? Like, Are you okay? You consistent a bit, no, right? So, so I get that. I get that. Okay, but if we remove that idea of like ever-changing CPF structure, which, you know, some will argue that, what if don't change, don't change, become problem, blah, 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 which is true. It has its own set of problems if it does not change, okay? But if we put all that aside and just look at it, you know, from a program in itself, which is CPF Life today, right? That means we don't know what has happened in the past. Huh? We, we throw all that out, throw all of that out and we just look at it in itself, in its totality today, you know, CPF Life. I think it's quite good, huh? Right, you have an X amount of money. Simply, uh, the simple formula is you have an X amount of money in your retirement and then you ask CPF, can you tell me how much am I going to get every month? Uh, and then they will shoot you an amount. Every month, you're going to get this and then you'll get to the end of your life. Not bad. Uh. And if you want the whole escalating plan thing, right, then you get 2% markup every year, uh, which, is, which is quite good. Uh. And then you get all the way to the end of your death, which is, yeah. I, 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 mean, I think it's quite good, right? Just, just think about it, right? Uh, but I understand, I understand why some people are annoyed, lah, okay? Okay, so all that being said, I think the structure is quite direct, okay? Quite simple in the sense that at the end of your retirement age, which today is 65, it may change, I don't know, okay? But 65 years old, you will start to get your annuity, Right, every month you get X amount, okay, based on the amount that you have collected in your CPF. Okay? And if you want to, you know, essentially delay 
that receiving, right? That means you want to take the money slightly later, maybe at 65, you still got some income, you're still doing some things, and you don't need the money now, now you can delay it a bit longer. And of course, as you delay, you give your money more time to compound, and by 70, you can start getting your annuity. Okay, so the baseline is there. Everybody's discussion back and forth, right, is, is not important one in the sense of like, oh, should you do 65, 67, 70, you know, like uh, all, all that jazz, you know, is, is very nitty gritty and very individual. The idea here is there's X amount of money in your CPF and then when the time is there, you start getting your annuity to the end of your death. This is the fundamental principle, okay, or the fundamental idea lah. Everything else of like, should you delay? Should you this, that, this, that, uh, everything. Uh, all these are nitty gritty and very individualistic. That honestly, I don't think there's a lot of like wisdom to expand upon, right? <laughs> it's, it's just that. It's just like that. And so the idea is that, right? If you got a little bit more money, you can delay. You don't need so early. Take your money. Okay, if you need it earlier, you can take earlier. At 55, you can take 10 to 20%. You know, that's all that, right? And those are very well documented. It's written in all sorts of articles. You really don't need me to talk about basic retirement sum, full retirement sum, enhanced retirement sum. It's all there, okay? It doesn't matter. Today, I'm going to pose you a few more important questions to ask yourself when you think about CPF life. And so, this brings me to my first question, okay? That is, do you want to top up your CPF for your spouse, parents, and grandparents? Okay, this is really uh, playing the game, okay? <laughs> this is really playing the game, right? Because the idea here is, okay, I know sometimes in the marketing brochure, CPF will say up to 5% or up to 6% year-on-year returns, okay? Or like um, 4% floor guarantee, you know, whatever, all those, all those kind of stuff. Lah, huh? The idea here is not every single dollar that you put in CPF gets that kind of return. It is up to. Specifically, it is probably the smaller sums, your first 60,000, you know, that is really getting that kind of interest rates, okay? So I know some people will be wondering like, oh, then sh how can I maximize this thing, right? If you maximize this thing, simple. Why? You top out your grandparents, top out your parents, and you know, if your spouse is not working, top out your spouse. I think this is a bit hard, right? Most double-income family, okay? But maybe you are self-employed, you are not obligated to top up, then you top up lah, right? If you want that kind of, if you want that benefit, right? Because 6% interest on your first 60,000, right? Is good lah. I mean, there's no other, there's really no other way to put it. <laughs> and there is, that is the flaw, you know? There's an upside, you know? There, there's actually upside, right? Because that is the basic, uh, this is the minimum. But if you really go and read how CPF measures the interest to provide you, right? When, the bonds in the, the government bonds move up, right? CPF actually also adjusts the interest rates, right? So this is the floor interest or minimum, right? If interest rates broadly move up, you know, where the 10-year government bonds move up, CPF will also move up along with it, right? To pay you. Floor of 6% or 5% agade is quite good, right? It's in for risk-free return. And you can argue that it's risk-free because essentially what CPF does is it buys a bond from MAS. MAS sells them a bond, right? So if the if the if MAS can issue sing dollar like free flow, which they can, you know, then yeah, you are essentially lending money to the guy that can print the money. Right? So it's a, it's not that difficult for them to fulfill their part of the requirement. Which is why the question is, do you want to play the game? And if you want to play the game, then instead of giving your parents cash upfront, then you can top up their CPF life. Lah. Right? You top up their CPF, which is very simple. I mean, you can do cash top up. 
And it, when you do cash top up, of course, that means you, you put cash, right? You actually get some sort of a tax relief, lah, right? So, uh, I think 8,000 if you top up for yourself and additional 8,000 if you top up for your loved ones, you know? So, so those are there, okay? It's also very simple to understand, right? But that aside, okay, it's really about whether you want to milk that 6% on the first 60,000 for your parents and your grandparents, especially your grandparents and, and, you know, like, because they probably never get this before, right? They've never worked, you know, for, for, for like, with the, with the CPF structure like that, you know, and maybe some of your parents, they don't also, right? So, and if you have some lead time, right? If you're 30 plus, your parents maybe 50, 60 plus, you know, you, you still have some lead time. Every year, you top up 8,000, 8,000, 8,000, you know, in a few years time, you get all the tax relief that you want to get, and then you still uh, help them accumulate some sort of basic 60, 70, 80,000. Of course, the first 60,000 gets that full 6%. Uh. And at the end, that means when they start taking their money at 65, okay? So there's a CPF life calculator, right? You go and do the calculator. If they start taking money at 65 with 60,000 in their CPF account, right? They get about $370 a month. And if they delay, that means they, they don't take at 65. At 65, they got 60,000, but they don't take, they 70 years old and they start taking. Uh, every month, they will get about $500 payout, right, from CPF Life. Right? So it's, it's not bad, right? Maybe not enough to fulfill everything. But if you strategize and plan it, you are in your 30s, in your 40s, your parents are like not there yet. They're not in their 65, they're maybe late 60s or maybe like 60s late 50s, going to 65. If you plan it out, 8,000, 8,000, 8,000, you get the full relief, you can, <laughs> and then you still, you still help them build some sort of a sum so that in the future, you don't need to pay them $1,000 a month, you know, to, <laughs> to feed them, right? You, you, to, or like to contribute to household income, household expenses, where CPF will cover some of it. Right, so it's not it's not too bad, and I know some people are, are exploring like the HDB, the buyback scheme, and all that, which is great, right? That one I will talk about it another time, because at this point in time, it's already been established that at ninety nine years it will go to zero, right? So the narrative has changed, and when the narrative changed, HDB lease buyback is not that bad uh, an idea, but that's that's another podcast, right? So really, it's about asking yourself whether you want to milk this system, right? You want to max out the tax relief, and you want to like use the system to provide a monthly stipend for your family, for your parents, for your grandparents. Grandparents may be a bit late already, but, but still can, okay? Until 80 years old, right? Still can. At least parents, right? So, so it's how you want to play this. And of course, if you are do, if you're a single income family, good on you, man. If, you, if today you still can do single income, right? Quite mad respect, huh? okay? So if you can do single income and not like struggling, okay? Which I assume you're not. If not, you will not be tuning in every week, okay? So if you can do that, then do you want to top up for your spouse, right? Do you want to top up for your partner? It could be uh, your husband, right? Why, why not? What's wrong with being a stay-at-home dad, right? Right? So, um, and all that is really about maximizing what CPF can do for you. And that is the idea that I think you need to consider whether you want to take out $1,000 every month for your family or for, for each parent or do you want to help them build it up such that, you know, CPF Life can give them that five six hundred every month and then you just cover the rest. Right? So, so I think it's really using state resources to support you. You know, it, very important, especially for the sandwich generation. Right? I've heard, I've heard people tell me, oh, I don't meet the MP one. Why? Because I okay, ma. And everybody wants, somehow wants to squeeze into the middle class. One. Very annoying. Right? The middle class is an idea where 
Hey, yeah, don't get me started. Anyway, ne- never mind, never mind. That's a different discussion. <laughs> Middle class get taxed the most, uh, support the least one. Okay, anyway, that's another discussion. But um, using state resources is a good you know, process, you know, using this CPF life to potentially get out of your middle income trap or your sandwich generation situation. Your money needs to come from somewhere. So this is a structure that is there. Why not think a little bit more about it? And some of you may be high-income earners, right? Maybe you make $10,000 a month, you know, maybe 12, you know, at least eight lah. Let's say you're above the CPF, the new CPF monthly ceiling, right? You make a little bit more, you're considered a high-income earner, right? Such that you cannot buy HDB lah, okay? But, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, okay, you're a high-income earner. You can actually also transfer, okay? Transfer your excess CPF. That means today, you know, maybe you have you have 400,000 in your CPF already and then your parents are about to retire. You can actually transfer some of your CPF over to them, right? So that they can then enjoy this CPF life benefit while you continue to work hard for 30 years. <laughs> so it is possible. It is possible you can do that. You just need to meet some basic requirement. Like if you, you got to keep at least a full retirement sum in your CPF account today, right? So, so that is, uh, is there. It's not difficult to understand, but there is this possibility. Do you want to consider? That is the real question. So yeah, think about it. Don't just wallow on your own. I think um, there are some structures like CPF Life that is really the state coming in to try to help us get out of this like sandwich generation rubbish. Um, if we can play with it, why not? 6% for the first 60,000 of all your family members' CPF account. Do it, okay? I think that's, that's as simple as I can go. Okay, so this brings me to the second important question that I think we should think about when we think about CPF Life is... Is your CPF life payout from your full retirement sum enough for your retirement? Because that's the idea, right? Full retirement sum sound like macham enough, right? So we'll come back and uh, discuss a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so FRS, full retirement sum. This is a sum that will keep changing. Like, in other words, it is what it is. Like, huh? it, will, it will keep changing. It is a baseline or at least it's the baseline that the government has drawn to suggest that you should at least have this. You know, And the question in everybody's head is, so if I hit the FRS, does it mean it's enough for me to live? Right. And in 2023, okay, there's a, I mean, CPF has created a whole chart, like, essentially. In 2023, the full retirement sum is $198,800. Okay. In other words, if today you are 55, okay, today you turn 55, huh? in your account, your full retirement sum expectation is $198,800. And why is this important? Because it is the benchmark for a lot of other uh, policies, like whether you can transfer your CPF, you know, whether you can uh, withdraw cash, whether or not your, your flat, you want to lease buyback, all these things, right? On some level, it all touches the 
FRS, okay, this is a reference point. Okay, so how much actually will you get, okay, when you start retiring at 65 from this FRS? Okay, because the FRS today is only applied to the people that have turned 55 today. Huh? So $198,800. And this one, you can very simply use the CPF calculator. Okay, so the CPF Live calculator is on the CPF website. Okay, so our assumption is today, this person is 55 years old today. Huh? That's why the FRS is applied to the person today. $198,800. In 10 years time, when they start receiving CPF Live, every month, they will get $1,600. Okay, every month they will get $1,600. And uh, if they, of course, if they draw later, you know, at 17, that's about 2,100 aga, that, that range. Huh? Okay, so $1,600, can you live off it? That is the question. So how do you think about this? Okay, in 10 years time, okay, in 10 years time of your retirement, you are going to be getting $1,600 every month, okay, from CPF Life. Huh? And today, um, let's say you calculate today, you listen to TFC, you calculate, you say, okay, I need about 1,400 every month to live basic retirement, uh, simple one. I, I doubt you can do a lot with, with, with that. Lah, huh? Maybe Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai, uh, okay, but in Singapore, 1,400, agaration, we know. Uh. So if you factor in a 2% inflation, 2% uh, inflation on that 1,400 every month, you get about one7 Right, so you need about 1.7 every month in 10 years' time to live the same quality of life you live today. And even a 2% inflation is a big assumption in today's world. Right, so 1,600 in 10 years' time that you're going to get every month may not be enough. Right, simple, right? Simple to understand, right? Because today you hit the FRS, but in 10 years' time, this is the payout. Today, you calculate how much you need to retire. In 10 years' time, you factor a 2% inflation rate. That match. Okay, not enough. And of course, there are many things you can do. You can increase your deposit in CPF. You can invest out of the CPF ecosystem. You can reduce your spending. You can shift to Chiang Mai, buy a house in JB. Up to you. There are many ways to go, go about doing this, right? But the idea here is you need to ask yourself whether the FRS that you meet in your CPF account is enough. Because at this point in time, it feels like a lot of us we, uh, that is like our target, right? It's like, okay, hit FRS. And once you hit FRS, actually, it doesn't matter when you hit FRS, okay? You, if you hit the FRS today in CPF, huh, CPF is going to let you compound. So it, once you hit FRS in your 30-year journey, okay, so if let's say you're 35, once you hit the FRS of that particular year, okay, that means today you're 35, the FRS for the 55-year-old today is $198,800. Once you hit, let's say you're 35, you hit the FRS, right? Steady already, you will definitely hit the FRS all the way because the FRS growth, right, is slower than the interest rates compounded within the CPF system. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? So it's essentially, you just need to hit the FRS somehow over the course of these few years. And in order to hit it, then you got to run a little bit faster than its growth, right? So once you hit it, there, there you go. You're, you're quite steady already. So then, ask yourself, is it enough at this point in time from the simple assumption? Maybe not enough. So definitely check out last week's episode to have an idea as to how do you envision how much you need for retirement, okay? So this is the second question, very important to ask yourself. I think uh, investment modes, a uh, great friend Keith has uh, written 
quite a long article about it. You know, if you reach CPF full retirement sum, every month you get get the the stipend from CPF life. Is it enough, right? So he 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 wrote extensively on it. Uh, you can check it out. I think his uh, monthly retirement is even lower than thousand four. Guy is nuts, ah. Huh? But check it out. I think uh, I'll get the team to put the article in the link, or it's in the Telegram. You can. Come to our Telegram channel. We we'll definitely share an article there. And this brings me to the third question you got to ask yourself about CPF life, okay? And I think it's a question that a lot of people think about, okay? And the third question is, will there be money left at the end of my life since CPF life is an annuity program? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't think the plan is to have anything left at the end of CPF life, lah, right? So the idea here is, you have put an X amount of money in CPF, okay? And if you, once you retire, you start getting money from CPF life and eventually it reach a point where your original sum is being drawn down to a level where, you know, there's pretty much not much left in your CPF anymore, right? Or in fact, there, there's nothing left, but you continue to get the same amount or you continue to get the escalating amount if you choose the escalating plan, you know? And that is essentially what I mean by risk sharing with the government. Right, the government trying to share risk of longevity with you. Lah. Although, you know, everybody want to live longer, right? but not got risk, uh, longevity risk, whatever. Okay, But that's the idea. And if you do a simple calculation, okay, you do a simple calculation, you will realize that the drawdown is about 1.5 to 2% yearly. In other words, right, if you go and calculate today how much money you have in CPF life, which you can actually estimate the CPF calculator, okay, and then you go and calculate the monthly payout. You take the monthly payout times 12 divided by the capital you have in CPF. You realize that the drawdown is aga 6.7%. Okay, 6.72% aga there. And then if you go and calculate that you're going to get up to 6%, which effectively may be about 5, 4, 4 plus 5% if you have a lot more money because 6% is only the first 60K. So if you aga about 4, 5, 5% of your year-on-year -year compounded interest in CPF that you will still continue to get, the difference is about 1.5 to 2%. So that is a, essentially a yearly drawdown there that eventually it gets to a point where nothing left in your CPF life, or in your CPF essentially, to this CPF life withdrawal system. But, uh, but if you you know, uh, barely live for 10 years. Okay, let's say, yala, you, yeah, for whatever reason, I know it's not very morbid uh, today's episode, right? But for you barely live for 10 years after 65, you know, that means you pass on at 75, 80, there will still be money left in your CPF. Okay, there will still be money left in your CPF and that whole sum will be passed down to your descendants. Essentially, that's the idea. Okay, but as long as you live somewhere like 20 plus, 30 years, you know, you go and calculate basic, you know, simple calculation, there will be barely anything left in your CPF life. Lah. Well, that's the idea. Okay? So it's not to say that CPF is going to give you money every month and then at the same time, you're still going to accumulate and be very wealthy at the end of, of your life. Okay? So this is really a drawdown plan, a drawdown strategy that is being like pulled all the way to the end of your life. Lah. Which millennials today, uh, NUS Care, I think, is, is it Care? Yeah, there's a center for aged, blah, blah, blah. You know, essentially the gerontology study in NUS estimate that millennials uh, will on average live to like centenarians, right? 90 plus, 100 years old. There's an estimation. Uh, right? So good luck, uh, good luck. We'll all be frail and beautiful. Okay? We'll all be frail and beautiful together. Uh. In the future, 
60 year old auntie can be TikTok influencer dancing dancing okay now also have lah but not dancing okay <laughs> but yeah so I think these are the three real questions you should ask yourself when you're thinking about CPF life and really give CPF life a good consideration as part of your plan for retirement and part of, part of your family's plan for retirement I think I think it's important okay so the first question is do you want to top up CPF for your spouse, your parents, your grandparents, essentially your loved ones, okay? And, and this is really you like playing the game lah because you know your parents may not have accumulated that much CPF. They may have a lot of money in their HDB flat for whatever reason, blah, blah, blah. They don't have a lot of money in their CPF. Could you top up? You can top up, right? And the first 60,000 has a special interest on top, right? 5 to 6% additional. So yeah, maybe it is something that you want to play, not just for yourself, not just for your spouse, but maybe for your family and your parents. And uh, even at 60,000, when they start drawing uh, CPF life at 65, they get what? three $400, right? Which is not bad for you to, you know, on top of your tax relief and all the things that you get, uh, still have some sort of uh, uh, relief payout, you know, every every month that you accumulate towards for your family and not just yourself, which I think is a great way to elevate uh, the sandwich generation. Uh. Because either way, money needs to come from somewhere. It's either coming from you, you work harder, or, you know, your parents work longer, or the state comes in with a structure and this is the state structure. Why not use it? Number two, the next point is, is your CPF life payout enough for your retirement? This is the next question that you need to ask yourself. And based on the simple calculation, um, at this point in time, maybe not, right? But of course, if you can bring down your expenses, yeah, why not? It's possible. Or if you sell back your HDB lease, okay, yeah, possible, right? Because suddenly your CPF gets a big bump, 300000 on top, right? So all these things uh, are there. It is possible. Uh, but if you're just talking about like basic FRS, enough for retirement, um, I don't know, right? But check out last week's episode. I think you give a little bit more clarity on how to imagine how much you need for retirement. And the third question is, will there be any money left in my CPF at the end of my life? Uh, I highly doubt so unless you barely live for 10 years because there's a decay, right? There's a drawdown about 1.5 to 2%. So, um, if you live for 25, 30 years, aga no more left. Lah, huh? But if if you barely live for 10 years, I know it sounds very sad, but whatever, okay? If you if you if you leave this world when you are young, then yes, you can still pass some money down to your next generation. If not, the whole idea of CPF life is to essentially help you manage this longevity risk that you have. And let's be clear, I think a lot of people, even without CPF life, are concerned and are trying to manage this risk. That's why they put all so much money aside, invest in the market, take up all this risk so that you know you can feel safe and secure for your retirement and not just feel but actually objectively have numbers to anchor your ideas right so cpf life give it a consideration i hope you learned something useful today see ya hey i hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut knowledge is that much more powerful interesting when share debate and discuss Join our community telegram group. Yes, we have expanded the community telegram group. Now we've got different feed, different topics, everything, right? So come, you know, do this with us. Join our Reddit. We are everywhere on socials, TikTok, IG. I'm doing a lot of AMAs on TikTok and IG. So you want, have any questions, please ask. Uh, we'll give you very direct feedback on, on your personal queries. Okay, so with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya!
Okay, so next week, we're going to talk a little bit about HDB lease buyback. Essentially, last week's episode, this week and next week is like a combo move, right? So, how much you need to retire, CPF life, HDB lease buyback, they are like packaged together one. So, um, cat out of the bag is I am broadly supportive of the HDB lease buyback. Because why? Because the base assumption is 99 years, it's going to end. Okay, 99 years, there'll be zero value, right? Lawrence say one. Lawrence, before he became the DPM and the Prime Minister to be, came out and said, you know, at the end of 99 years, this thing goes to zero. Okay? So, um, he say one, uh, no, I say one. Uh. Okay, so with that idea, I think your tail end of your lease for your HDB, your last 30, 35 years, I think can sell. Yeah, sell back to the government and cash, take a CPF live. Um, yeah, what, what's so bad about it? And if you need to, you know, shift to Chiang Mai, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Say so, yeah, I don't know. Or like come to Subang, right? Whatever. Think about it. I think I think there's a little bit of an emotional element when it comes to leaving something for the next generation because it's a it's a very family ideal or traditional family idea. Um, at least amongst the Chinese and the Malays, and I think a lot of the Asian Indians also. Right? A lot of the Asian family has a very strong. Uh, togetherness like, in the family. And, and actually, I would argue the Europeans have a lot of that also. Right? And um, that's a different discussion another time. But yeah, it's a lot more emotional than it's technical. Lah, but I will share with you a little bit more next week about HDB lease buyback. Okay, once again, I want to issue a correction for clarity's sake. Um, you only get 6% on the first 30,000 of your combined CPF balances after you are 55 and above. And honestly, I do think these things will shift over time. So whatever that we have shared today does not change in terms of the ideas. Um, there's a little bit of this correction and I appreciate some of you for pointing it out. So thank you, this community effort. Uh, so the correction stands, right? 6% only for the 30,000 of your combined CPF balances after 55 years old. See you next week.